Is there anything better? I haven't been in this situation for a while, but when you're younger, definitely a kid, and you're in an echoey spot, and you're like, it's me, it's me, it's me, and you just start keep screaming out. It's, it's <laughs> addicting. The bathroom? I mean, that's the closest probably you get now to uh, a canyon. It's true. But I, um, I don't know. Do you, a tunnel. Is your bathroom echo? I don't know. Just, <laughs> a tunnel, maybe? Honk the horn in the tunnel? Never not fun. No, it's, you're right. The if I not, built a tunnel, if they had Haberman Tunnel, there'd be a sign on the outside that said, yes, honking in the tunnel. You ever get nervous when uh, you're driving the Caldecott, you know, on the 24, that it just might be the day that shit gets fucking and you get... Oh. In a tunnel, the other one that always makes me nervous, next to an 18-wheeler. Like one of those wheels that's going to shoot off. I don't know what each one of those tires weighs, but next to an 18-wheeler. Always makes me nervous. Every, I, fa- I, if I am ever next to an eighteen wheeler, I accelerate, get get away from it as quickly as possible. Uh, same, same with you. Eighteen. That said, to all the truck drivers out there, woo woo! Thank woo, you for woo, your woo, service. Woo. Yeah, thanks. Keep keep driving. Keep those supply chains moving. We need you. And big wheels keep on turning. My uh, my uncle actually was my mom's brother was a truck driver. Do you know for a particular company or just? Uh, you know. I, I don't remember, but he made some long, like Minnesota to California, some long fucking drives. Yeah. He died an early death. It's hard on the health, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Like a heart yeah, attack just, or something like that? Yeah, it just had bad, you know, just you get unhealthy doing it. I mean, this is the modern desk jockey, you know? Exactly. Except you're eating at diners probably, you know. Probably gets a little easier now with podcasts. Yeah, I mean, now they've got like rules about sleep and stuff. At, at, you know, those no days, rules. probably yeah. you just power through. The faster you get there, the faster you can make more money. Amphetamines, you know. I'm not saying he was using them. I'm just saying I yeah. just think historically a lot of those guys. You just try to. I think yeah, exactly. The faster you get somewhere, I. Yeah, I remember making some drives when I was scouting, thinking like, God damn, this this wear you out. And thinking about the 18 wheeler, there was a drive. I remember being going to Oregon State up to uh, up to Seattle, and it was a torrential downpour. And I remember being the median of like a four lane highway and the rain and the 18 wheeler. I'm like, I could die here. And honestly, I was very uncomfortable. Hydroplane, go in, you know, under, kind of like uh, Fast and the Furious style, but I'm not Vin Diesel, so I couldn't, you know, it, I just remember being very uncomfortable. You ever been up there in a torrential da- downpour? It's it's pretty yeah. nuts how hard it rains. I did a, to me, one of my scarier drives, Spokane to Pullman, which is like an hour and a half. So kind of, but, no, but it's not, it's like no no one around. It, no it's cell a reception. Eerie. It's like yeah. one lane each way and in the snow and the like fog. To me, fog, it's just, so now that, but your drive, that drive is like a, what you did is like, it's probably a six hour drive, right? Oh, it's a trek. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Maybe it was coming down Seattle. I was coming down toward Oregon state. And I remember I like, I can't get here fast enough. That Pullman drive is just, it's eerie. You know, it's like, <laughs> it I've is seen enough scary yeah. movies to be like, Jesus Christ, this is where people get killed and no one knows or no, cares. You lose, you lose cell for a good portion of that drive. Holy moly. There's no light. There's no like light anywhere. You don't see light coming from anywhere. Nope. This show is brought to you by Nightmares. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. What's up, everybody? On YouTube, it's great to see you. Hit that like button if you're with us on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast, it's great to have you as well. Programming note. is. Let me see. <clears throat> as Marv Albert might say. Programming note. Uh, we're coming up on 
Saturday night, Saturday night after Niners Packers will be our next podcast. Saturday night after Niners Packers will be our next podcast. Uh, so if you're on the YouTube, hey, if you're listening to the podcast, hey, it's great to have you. Thanks for hanging. We're very excited about this week. Uh, MyBookie.ag promo code HAM and the number one where you can uh, – uh, uh, get your gamble on place a yeah, bet you, go ahead keep going <laughs> well we have we have done our official lock of the week and that is the rams we took them money line i think we got them at plus 130 uh put 500 on that and we were just you know our juices got flowing yesterday on the live youtube and we're like you know we got some money in the, uh, the hopper maybe this is the moment he becomes a legend and we placed another $500 on Kyle Shanahan. But that's not the lock of the week. We're just riding it. I, I, I don't feel great about it, but I do like the value. And, you know, if it's Upset City, I, I want a piece of the action. But Rams lock of the week. Uh, I like the Rams a lot. I, I think the Rams are winning this game. Worfs is out. Uh, some rumblings that Fournette might come back. But, you know, I, you see Cam Akers, five months removed, or five and a half months from Achilles. Yeah. It looks like fucking shot out of a cannon. Uh, the the Niners, I just if they win, I just want to profit, and you could get that. That's two to one right now. Now you obviously you could take you know six six and a half. Uh, it wouldn't totally shock me if that number just keeps rising up. You know, I think Packers are pretty kind of they're like the good version of the Cowboys, very public team. Part of it is their quarterback who's a star. It's funny you can find when you get into, especially these playoff games where they're standalone games. Everyone's talking about these games. If you want to find people who think. Everyone's on the Niners. You can find them. If you want to find people who think everyone's on the Packers, you can find them. Um, the Packers have plenty of people picking them, and the Niners have plenty of people picking them. Don't judge what everybody is saying based on, you know, you watch NFL Live and four people pick one team. That's not what everybody is saying. I've found plenty of people who think the Packers. The Packers are favored in this game. So don't tell me everybody's picking the Niners. I don't want to hear it. Biggest and line of the person. weekend by a pretty wide Don't margin. tell me no one's picking the Niners either, because that's not true either. More people are picking the Packers, though. I, I would say it's and yeah, they should. Be. I just saw today, like somebody like, oh, every, everyone's on the Niners. Who's overlooking the Packers? <laughs> okay. Andy Reid called the Steelers the uh, number one seat. You know, so you, you can find someone to say anything about a team. You know, Belichick will tell you fucking when the Jets they're playing an zero and eleven Jets team. This team, you know, a couple breaks they could be you know seven and four. So yeah. you you never you can find someone now this day and age saying anything about anyone uh ham one promo code ham one at mybookie.ag they'll match that first deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks remember if you accept the bonus you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds you can also um decline the bonus either way ham one let them know we sent you big sleech asked do you bet together so we started at the beginning of the year a lock of the week it was a roller coaster ride uh at one point we won 11 in a row plus a 14 parlay we were riding high we were riding high then we hit some rough patches. Um, we bounced back last week. Our lock was the Niners over the Cowboys, plus a two-team parlay uh, or a two-pick parlay, right? Raiders, Bengals, under. And what was the other one? Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Um, this week, I'll add something else that I really like. Niners, Packers, over, under is 47. Uh, the under, you gave us a great stat last week. The under in these outdoor games. I don't know what it was last week. But I think yeah. I think it was like seventy percent. I, I heard my, my guy Stucky told me the number again this week. It's pretty high again. The unders this week outdoor games is is the winner historically. Yeah, you know it's like sixty eight percent or something. Uh, I just had it right here. No, it went away. Fifty. Uh, yeah, whatever it is, it's big. 
maybe I think it was less than 68, but it was over 60%. I think a lot of people are going to bet that way. Understandable. I like the over Niners Packers. I think there's points to be had. Is it going to be a high of 21? Yes. Um, but I think that's going to factor into a lot of people. I, to me, that's just too. Like don't, the, don't highs usually kick in around like two or three in the afternoon, though? Isn't this game kick it off at, at, not, at like nine? Yeah, with a low of minus one. What time does this game? One. What are they? Central time, so this game kicks. So it kicks off at seven thirty, right? Seven fifteen. Uh, a game will kick off at seven fifteen local time, five fifteen Pacific. Yep. Which you know, in my experience, wherever you live, around seven fifteen, if you live in a cold spot, it's starting to get pretty chilly around. You know, the greatest heater on earth, John, is uh, the sun. Yeah, <laughs> and the sun is somewhere you know over the Azores or something at that time. So that's yeah. not America. You don't need a heater around the equator. Or, or not nice heat around the equator, there and this game is not being played at the equator. So, um, I but again, I 47 to me is too low, anyway. Just a, a separate thought. Um, show is also brought to you by DraftKings, where our game is full, but you can get in it. Mm, promo code ham when you go to DraftKings. Uh, it's a great time. We have the Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League, which you can get in. Also can create games just with your friends if you want, or just join a public game. There's a lobby with a ton of games in it. Everyone can play for a $1 million top prize. Every round of the playoffs, sign up with the code HAM right now at DraftKings. Yep, it's really easy. All you have to do is enter the DraftKings Playoff Daily Fantasy Contest, and you'll be eligible for shots at millions of dollars every round. We only got a couple more rounds, so you want to get in. You just build your team, quarterback, couple running backs, couple wide receivers, really easy, under the salary cap of $50,000. Every guy has their own amount. Uh, but here's the key. Every single round, over a million dollars. You can get in these games. I play them. Haberman plays them. We obviously play our own game with the, within the group. Uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, get in it and play fantasy. It's as fun as it gets. You know, and, and obviously, we're just gonna, we've been doing this for years. We're going to keep doing it. And uh, promo code HAM. So you download the app. Promo code HAM. Uh, it, it's, it's really easy. Can't recommend it enough. The official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Easy. Or, as some people call them, details. Details. Um, there was something else I was going to mention. One other. Oh, one other note. Let's update another number I gave everybody last week, John, which was going into the Cowboy game, the Niners have held opponent quarterbacks under their season passing average in 14 of 17. Guess what? Dak hit the under, so it's now 15 of 18 games. The Niners have held the court, the opposing quarterback under his uh, season average for uh, passing yardage. So something, uh, just something else to note. Something yeah, Bosa, he's at practice right now, but you know, someone mentioned to me, are concussion protocols kind of like uh, COVID playoffs where they just don't care and they stop testing? I'm like, yeah, I, I would imagine that one's a little more like clearly the NFL no longer tests for COVID like th- those days ended two weeks ago. Uh, the concussion thing, I think, is still probably got to pass the protocol through the independent neurologist. So you just never know, you know, but and he to me is just, I mean, one of the great wild cards of the weekend. If he plays, yeah. they'll be good to go. He's like, playing. You, you, he is. Uh, but this is me reporting. <laughs> How, has, do you think the NFL just stopped testing? Yep. <laughs> I now, do too. I think, I, to me, the bigger question is not the Bosa concussion. It's the Fred Warner ankle. I would disagree because they got other linebackers who can fly around and make plays. Yeah, I think they need Fred. I, like, to me, what I mean by that is I think Nick is the most important. I would be shocked if he doesn't play. 
I would also be surprised if Fred Warner doesn't play, but if it's going to be four degrees out there and Fred's trying to run around, uh, that to a compromised Fred Warner is you know less than ideal. Once you pass concussion protocol, you're just good to go. Yeah, you're you good. Know? Yeah. So unless you play for Brandon Staley, then he makes his own independence. Yeah, he's like, oh, let's snap count. Let's put him on a snap count. So uh, Brad, by the way, asked, since you're talking about the numbers, what was the final money raised for No Kid Hungry? We should give people an official final update on that. I don't think we, we got an email. I think it was. I think it was over. We didn't hit twenty five thousand dollars. I thought it was like twenty three two something like that. It was slightly over twenty three thousand dollars. We have to get the the official final final. Maybe they could give us a yeah certificate with a number on it. We could do a I, big I, check. I think. I think the goal for two thousand twenty two is fifty thousand dollars. I think that's that's our goal for this this fall. I don't Changing. I, it was over leave. 20. It was over. I like that. It was over 23. I go back through the emails that we, but we should make an official Brad. Thank yeah. you. We should make an official uh, number. I thought, that. I thought off the top of my head, the last number she sent us was like 23, two. When you factor it in Tito's, but you know, just no big deal. Just first time running a charity. We raised $23,000. We're not, but we just, no, it was 23. Yeah. We, I got to double check. I'm, I'm not, I want to, I don't want to update that on the fly, but oh, <laughs> so you John sent me this article on uh, Wednesday night, and you said this is a good read. Read it. I was like, all right. I clicked the link, and immediately, I loved the headline. Kyle Shanahan Kyle- staff inexperienced at the core of Redskins, Redskins dysfunction. This was the year the, the they drafted RG three. They won the NFC East. And they hosted a playoff game. The following season, I would imagine looking back, RG3 had gotten hurt, but the hype on the team, the offense had kind of changed the game. I'm sure they were picked to make the playoffs again. They ended up going 3-13 and and everyone got fired. Starting with Mike and obviously Kyle and the rest of his minions. Sean McVay actually survived. As you said uh, during the first take of this topic, this kind of got kicked off with the photo that went around of... McVeigh and Shanahan and LaFleur all in um, the classic burgundy polos. And looking really young, right? I mean, Sean looked 25. The other two looked like they were 30 years old. Well, Sean might have been even... Yeah, I guess Sean's 35 now. This was eight years ago. So, yeah, I mean, it was... And those guys... Actually, to me, Kyle and LaFleur that were, I think, 33, 34 in that picture, they actually looked like they were 26, 27, didn't they? Yeah. Kyle looked really. Kyle looks in this picture you're showing me now, with him in RG three. You know that's eight years ago. He's 42, so he's 34, 35 years old. He looks younger than he actually looked young when he was in his early 30s. He to me now looks much more like a 44 year old guy. <laughs> All right, John. Here we go. Uh, Excerpts from the article. Perception of Kyle Shanahan as someone who was empowered and enabled by his father, spending an abundance of time in his father's office, given a wide swath of power, and rubbing many people, players, fellow coaches, and members of football operations the wrong way. Off to a bad start. Yeah. That one, I would say, aged pretty poorly, given that all these guys followed Kyle. Sure seems like LaFleur, McDaniels, you know, the crew of guys. Trent (laughs) Williams. Yeah, that one... One one key thing, I think, with this, pretty clear, I think, the sources, Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, RG3, and RG3's dad 
and so, you know, or agent or just RG 3s yeah. camp. Yeah. Yeah. This followed Kyle up until after he got the 49er job, this perception uh, said one member of the organization, Bruce Allen in an email. No, it doesn't say in an email. <laughs> Kyle is the head coach. It's just that no one knows he is. He gets whatever he wants. He has no relationship at all with RG3. So how could it work? The thing that aged best about this for Kyle is that RG3 was viewed around the league several years later as a complete clown. And Jay Gruden, who would take over the following year for the Shanahans, despised Robert Griffin. And eventually won a power struggle where they could send him packing and made Kirk Cousins the quarterback. So th this was, at the time, RG3 had a lot of juice. He had won the Rookie of the Year. Right. They tried to paint the Shanahans like they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, and RG3 was a shooting star. And to me, nothing aged poorer than RG3's career. <laughs> it wasn't just that RG3 had just won the Rookie of the Year. It's that you know we've seen, and we saw years later, the influence of the owner on drafting a quarterback. But, you know, I think the belief was that the owner draft wanted Robert Griffin III to be their quarterback. So it goes beyond just his success. Traded, I mean, remember, they traded a lot for him to move up to a number lot two. For him. Um, he, he later drafted, what's his name? His son's friend. Oh, Haskins. From Ohio State. Uh, as a former member of the organization put it, Kyle bitches about everything, and then his father has to fix it. He bitches about the food in the cafeteria. He bitches about the field. He bitches about the equipment. He complains, and then Mike takes care of it. Kyle's a big problem there. He is not well-liked, end quote. That, to me, is a statement that definitely felt like it followed Kyle for a long time. That 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 vibe, to me, was Kyle Shanahan, how I thought about him. And it shows you, an organization, when they say something, they leak an article like this, it you know, it's perception can come reality, even if it is. Look, let's look back. This is one of the biggest clown organizations in like successful, profitable business in America. Like when you think Dan Snyder and his football team, it's a laughing stock. Yet what they said about Kyle Shanahan, and really, I guess they're kind of making Mike sound better, right? He's fixing his son's problems. This, I guess it really made this article was strictly about Kyle and actually makes Mike like. Actually, Mike could handle it, but Kyle couldn't. Well, it kind of looks like Mike. It, I, I think they're kind of making it look like Mike gets pushed around by his kid a little bit, which yeah. I'd have a hard time believing. Also, did Kyle complain about the uh, barriers uh, at the FedEx Field Stadium not being strong enough? I would say complaining about the field at FedEx Field, not a bad complaint, right? A lot of people have complained about that field. And is the food not good enough in the cafeteria? Well, is Kyle saying... Oh, I don't like the taste. Or is he saying, we need to be feeding people better food in this cafeteria. Also, a legitimate complaint. If you're trying to elevate a franchise, facilities, equipment, what equipment is he complaining about? The, 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 the pens? Or is he complaining about the weight room? Like, there's a big difference, right? Yeah. Next up, John. Uh, this is the NFL. It's not supposed to be a training ground for coaches. Someone who has worked with Shanahan in Washington said, it's ridiculous. Look at the staff. It sucks. Let's read that Mike's again. best buddy. Look at his staff. It sucks. <laughs> uh, it goes on. Uh, Bobby Slowick's son is his second year out of college. He's on the staff. Everyone on the staff is in their first or second year except for Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Jim Hazlitt, and Raheem Morris. And everyone knows Raheem is there because he's close with Kyle. Those two go way back. By the way, 
Raheem uh, Morris, noted, respected NFL coach. Uh, this staff, it sucks. Now, that's a quote. Well, because to me, when he says, look at his staff, it sucks, basically talking about the youth of the staff, he is directly talking about Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, and Sean McVay. Like, to me, he is talking about those four people. So Bruce Allen, which I think it's fair to say is a major source in this article, thought those guys fucking blew. And I would say the part of that picture that has gone viral that led to the the uh, finding of this article is that those guys aren't just, those guys are stars. Sean McVay is a superstar. Kyle Shanahan is viewed as the best offensive coordinator in the National Football League, who's also in charge of the 49ers. John Lynch answers to Kyle. And even LaFleur, who I would say, it's weird, he's like probably the least respected of the three, I think is wildly pretty fucking respected at this point. Those And Mike McDaniel is like a viral sensation of this little genius to be Kyle's right-hand guy. Bruce Allen thought all four of those guys were idiots. So part of... You know, the reason that first let's talk about why the the first photo is coming up this week in the first place, because they're all playing, right? Yes. <laughs> the <laughs> final four, the <laughs> NFC. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, as a the thing you need to do as a GM or a coach always right is evaluate your own team. Right. And in football, when there's so much turnover, you get shit on for like letting a guy go that you drafted that doesn't make your 53 man who goes on somewhere else. I would say coaching staffs are the same way. Now, sometimes you just don't have a spot to elevate a guy, but you chose to actively fire all these guys. Now, McVeigh did survive, and I, I would wonder if we were talking with Sean, I bet a big connection was, remember, his career started with John Gruden, so he knew the Gruden family. Uh, but Kyle, I mean, they, clearly they couldn't wait to get him out of the building. And I would say LaFleur and McDaniel were just Kyle guys because they literally followed him to the next spot. Kyle's not confident. Uh, who who's this? this? I think this is continues. Kyle's not confident, so they set him up with a bunch of yes men rather than have some experienced coaches to push him. It's like Kyle's the Pied Piper, and these kids follow him around. I mean, Mike's been a head coach for twenty years. Usually, a guy like that has a posse he can bring with him. So he's got Bobby Turner here and Slowick here, and that's it. How does that happen? How does he end up hiring all of his son's buddies? Like Mike is running an ice cream shop, and he's hiring all of. Kyle's uh, high school buddies uh, for the summer jobs. You know what's funny is, you know, when Belichick was Parcell's right-hand guy for all those years with the Giants, uh, it wasn't Ernie, of course. Yet. It might have been George Young, whoever their famous GM was at the time in the 80s, viewed Belichick like he wasn't going to be a star coach, like he was just he wasn't meant to be a head coach. I would say, you know, if you're a team president like Bruce Allen was or an owner, you better spend a lot of time with your young assistants because those guys turn in, even back in the history of the league, turn into head coaches. And the Washington football team, because of Mike Shanahan, littered their organization with some young star talent. And they they actively talk shit about them all. <laughs> Think about that. It would be one thing if, hey, listen, we fired him, had a bad year, we just went on. That happens in the NFL, right? 3-13, and 13, like just people get fired. It's another thing to basically say these guys were the village idiots. And the only reason they're there is because, like, Mike gives in to Kyle and Kyle just hired a bunch of Which young again, guys. I don't buy Mike ass. Shanahan. Yeah, Do you buy Mike Shanahan gives in to Kyle? Let's Kyle push him around the way this article kind of makes it seem. I, I remember being in the NFC East. A big thing was is that Mike Mike became like the bad cop. 
<clears throat> remember Albert Hainsworth was there when they showed up and he made him run those gassers and like Albert quit yeah. and yeah, but I do think he gave the offense and Mike, you know, was hired, used his offensive genius. He let Kyle just call all the plays. So I, I do think Kyle had a lot of juice, you know. I, I, but what I'm saying is to me, Mike Shanahan did that because Mike Shanahan believed that Mike Shanahan was trying to win football games. Mike Shanahan did not want to end his career getting fired by Dan Snyder. No, 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 no. It ended his career, right? That I mean, that ended his career. Well, Mike's allowed to have happen there with that staff. There's no excuse for. There are guys in that staff who are just not qualified, and it shows up. Have you seen the quarterback develop? I'm going to keep moving here. Uh, quarterbacks coach Matt LaFleur worked with Kyle Shanahan in Houston and only had two years' experience as an offensive assistant. There's quotes there with the Texans prior to becoming the QB coach. Similarly, Mike McDaniel was a lower-level assistant on the Texans staff before coming to Washington. Tight ends coach Sean McVay, only prior NFL experience with joining Washington, came in 08 as assistant in Tampa. Said one member of the organization, quote, McVay is really the only one of those kids qualified to do what he's doing. Yeah, they just, the, okay. to me, Bruce Allen swung and he missed on this bad boy. At least they didn't badmouth McVay in the article. <clears throat> Several members of the traveling party were perturbed when following a win at Dallas on Thanksgiving in 2012. Kyle Shanahan and several of his assistants were hollering loudly, crowing and alluding to Cowboys coach Jason Garrett's job security on the team bus, hooting how they might get him fired while heading to the airport after the win. They were just five and six at the time. And according to sources, one member of the staff actually told them to, quote, shut up. Well, I, I, okay. I can see young guys doing some dumb shit. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. allowed. That would be dumb shit. I mean, no. I mean respect. Just, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just young guys talking some shit. I, I kind of like that. This, is this, uh, I think my Kyle hates the cafeteria food was my favorite quote. This one might be second. Furthermore, Kyle Shanahan has long had a very strained relationship with Griffin, sources said, with one staff member saying Shanahan treats Griffin, quote, like a JV quarterback. End quote. I think one thing that's become clear over time and now watching Kyle, if you force them to do something they don't want to do, it is not going to go well. And the Shanahan family and def specifically Kyle, I know Kyle better than Mike just watching personality. He ain't the thing I respect most about Kyle is he's the opposite of Brandon Staley. No, no there's no fake or fraud. Like, He's not, he wouldn't be a great politician because, and I, I, I can relate a lot to this. He just, he just, he can't be fake. And I can't imagine he despised Robert Griffin III and couldn't take him seriously. And it's like, and I, I think that some of this happened with Flores and Tua. It's like, I, I can't, I can't yeah. look at this guy and pretend this guy's a top 10 quarterback and kiss his ass when I fucking think he's terrible. I think some coaches can. Like, I think Brandon Staley probably tells, like, the backup he's, like, going to be this star pro bowler. Like, I bet some of the things he tells some of the guys on that team. I think when you get around Kyle Shanahan, you kind of get told what's really going on fast. <laughs> and I think he treats Debo like that, let alone, you know, Jimmy. You know, and I think Robert Griffin the third. Here's the thing. I think the, the football team thought at the time, like, who is this 33-year-old kid to be – you know, talking shit to our young star quarterback. And again, that aged really poorly because Kyle Shanahan was the star in our RG3. I, I don't think it can be overstated what a clown RG3 was when he was his time in Washington and what the people around him thought. It's why I, 2015, 16, John would have on Twitter all season long would have just been talking so much shit on social media about how every time that a football game came on, and RG3 was like, part of being an analyst, you just are giving takes. And I was like, I, I can't believe 
I am watching RG3 analyze this game. Not because he was won a Heisman and was a great player, but his character and what he stood for. Like Greg McElroy, say what you want about him. Highly thought of, smart guy. Saban liked him. Rex Ryan Tannenbaum liked him. RG3 was despised by people. Like they couldn't stand the dude. And now watch him on TV. It's like they're trying to make him like this fun character. And listen, some people mature. I don't know, man. I, I just I can't take the guy seriously at all. Uh, Kyle knows ball, but he's just so petty. He picks fights and he holds grudges over small stuff. A source said he's made he's a mountain out of a molehill guy. He's got entitlement syndrome. And I've never heard it called entitlement syndrome. I've just heard it, you're entitled. Uh, that's why we ended up hiring all of his close friends and buddies, so no one can challenge him. But it makes you worse in the long run because there's no accountability. Ultimately, it's his father's fault for pacifying his son. Well, they're all worse in the long run, I guess. <laughs> think about if you're Matt LaFleur. What a revisit. Think, I did not expect that many good quotes from that article. For a long time, Matt LaFleur was just known as a guy that probably shouldn't have had his job, and the only he was just like, oh, yes, man. <laughs> now he's the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and he's won 39 games in three years. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Doing better than Mike McCarthy. Yeah, who Aaron clearly likes more than Mike McCarthy. I would say that Sean McVay. Now you're right. They they did. They were right on him. They they for whatever reason liked him. I I would say he's he's a more likable. Was Sean knocking on? I just think Sean's personality. He's got he's got a little more Brandon Staley in him. I'd say than Lafleur and Kyle. Like Kyle and Lafleur don't have much ass kisser in them. I'd say Sean's got that pitch in his bag. Yeah, I mean. McVeigh was happier McVay guy. as tight with those guys too. I, I think they inherited him. So McVeigh became a Shanahan guy. Those guys were Shanahan people, right? Yeah, Lafleur yeah. and McDaniel's. <laughs> anyway, that was delicious. That was good. that was awesome. <laughs> so thanks to whoever dug that out of the archives. Um, to me, to me, what makes it so it, just. It's the the amount of the coaches, right? If just one guy, I bet we could find things on people saying shit about successful coaches. But the but but several of them. <laughs> well, and it's about to get even. You know, like Kyle's tree is having a good. Like Robert Sala wasn't on that staff, but he's become a head coach. D'Amico Ryan's is going to be a head coach. Mike McDaniel might become a head coach. Like McVeigh's getting guys jobs. Lafleur, it's a matter of time, right? Nathaniel Hackett's going to become a head coach. I think there are it's, some parallels with Belichick. Blossoming. I, I think there are some parallels with Belichick of just when Belichick was younger, and he's I mean, he Robert Kraft has said he's one of the biggest assholes ever met. Like now, I think Bill is tougher to deal with than Kyle, but I just think they know what they know what they're doing at a young age. Like I think Bill in Cleveland, like remember he couldn't get jobs. Part of the double bills is like he didn't interview well and people thought he was quirky. And he just had this negative surrounding him, even though he had been the coordinator of, and I'm not saying Kyle's going to have success of Belichick, but I do think there are some parallels there of just the personality and people viewing him. It's a little different because Kyle's dad was more famous in the league. Bill's dad was famous like in football circles, but he wasn't in like football circles. Like, but people did look at Bill like, what was his dad's name? Uh, like Steve his fa- Belichick, was it? Um, That's his son's name. His son's name. Was, maybe it was his dad's name, Bill. Is he Bill Jr.? Yeah, my I, it was Steve. I just Bill. I remember one of the things from the every Belichick guy in the league book. knew about him for sure. Was he was Billy Belichick, the son of Coach Belichick? That's how he yeah. was viewed. You know who is this guy? You don't get to just be your own. Like I'm just hey, I'm Andy Reid. Hey, nice to meet you, right? <laughs> Steve Belichick, you're right. 
So his father's name is Steve and his son's name is Steve. Well, you know, and that leads us to Niners Packers. One of the things about it is it is there is some juice for a lot of reasons, right? Like we talked about the rating on Cowboys Niners would be big. Part of that is the 90s. Part of it is the Cowboys are number one. Part of that is the Cowboys are number one and the Niners are big. The Niners have played in four of the five highest rated conference championship games in the history of the NFL. Okay, the Niners. So them, they're also a big, 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 big boy. This game, Packers-Niners, though, this one's got a little more meat to it in terms of like a modern NFL rivalry. I just think this, to me, this game means a lot more than the Cowboys game. The Cowboys game was like a moment in my youth. This game, you, you had told me before, they, they've played eight times since 1996. They played four times in the late 90s. In the playoffs. <clears throat> in the playoffs. Four straight years from 96 to 99 with Favre versus Young. And I, I vividly remember those games. But to me, the last, they've played Aaron Rodgers now. Aaron Rodgers, four times. Part of the reason it became a rivalry in our youth was they were playing Favre every single year, but it's really twice. Because they always played him in the regular season, then you played him again in the in the playoffs. It feels like they play the Packers guy every single year in the regular season, and they all now they've played you know two times in three years. It'd be one thing if like well Harbaugh played him a bunch. This is Kyle and Lafleur's second time in a playoff game. That's just anytime you get a playoff match, the, there's some randomness to get playoff matchups. What's your seeding? Do that. Both your teams have to win a game to, if you're playing in the second or the third round. It can be difficult. I think we're seeing that with the Bills and the Chiefs. Like, I think that's a rivalry that's kind of taken shape, right? Just Bills yeah. Chiefs. It's going to be just viewed as like an AFC modern day rivalry. This to me, when and I that think one's got some Brady um, Manning kind of two great young quarterbacks to it for so sure. Like- Th- this one to me is more driven on the brands and I'd say the coaching connection than like. Rogers is like, yeah, G- me and Jimmy have nothing in common. I'm like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I would say that it starts in history, just like cow- around the time Cowboys Niners does, right? Just there was so many, there was such um, coaching continuity between the Packers and, and 49ers staffs, right? There was a lot of crossover all- between those staffs, right? Well, Holmgren was Holmgren a Niner guy, right? Mariucci. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. So there was that, but then it just kept going. Um, and now these two guys, they're two and two against each other. The Niners beat them in the playoffs on their way to the Super Bowl in 2019. That's a great point about the carryover of the coaching staffs because they were kind of the West Coast offense of the Midwest. They just copied this was everything. just as deep, I think, as Niners Cowboys. It actually has more. Co- now, the Niners Cowboys also had like Charles Haley and uh, uh, Dion and those things too. But Ken Norton. Th- yeah, Ken Norton. This one's deep though, also. And I think it's the coaches and then it carries over to they had it was Favre and Young or these are stars of the 90s. But if you don't know any of that, to your point, this is your point. Like, even if you don't know anything about the 90s, now you've got Shanahan, LaFleur. They're two and two against each other. It's the fourth playoff meeting between these two and eight years. So if you go back a little bit, you got Harbaugh and Kaepernick against Rodgers, right? And um, it, this means something to the coaches. I think it means something to Rodgers anytime he, anytime he plays the 49ers. I, I said on the last pot, go back and watch the very end after they win the game in week three against the Niners. That game really mattered to the Packers. Not just the handshake, the celebration that Green Bay had. Like the Niners haven't just beaten them. The last time they played in the playoffs, they didn't just beat them. They kicked their ass. They embarrassed them. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. There's, there's, you could have conceivably Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Packers, and then who's the Niner other rival right now? See how it's kind of falling off? Rams. Yeah, I, I I think this game is just I, 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 
not that I'm mad that it's on Saturday night. Uh, it just it just comes at you fast. I'm a little uh, I'm a little mad. I'm mad, John. I'm mad about it. Yeah, I wish it was on Sunday, but you know, beggars can't be choosers here. This game is. <laughs> if you were born in 1995, and you know we have, you know, unlike local radio, As we our, were. Our, our demos were a little are a little younger. Well, you're you're 26 right now. You came into your own as a sports fan in the late 2010s, right? So, or I mean, 2000s. So by 2011 hits, if you're a Packer or a Niner guy, those games were enormous. I remember being at a bar in the city. It would have been 2012 when they played, and that was the year Kaepernick had he busted like a 60, 70 yard run in that game, and that was like holy shit. And I just remember him splitting the difference of those guys. And I then remember Week One the following year when they ended up playing in the in the playoffs. Well, they played the Packers Week One. It was one of the best games of the year. It was like 28 to 27. Anquan Bolden had like 250 yards receiving. Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, one of the best. He made the best pass I've ever seen live. Rolling to his left, throwing across his body. Jordy, double taps. One thing I noticed rewatching that 2013 playoff game, big Jordy Nelson was a motherfucker. I mean, he was like, he shoved a Niners receiver to make a sweet touchdown catch. And then you've got this, the one thing with the Packers that has stayed the same is just Rodgers has been the constant. With the Niners, there's just that team. You watch some of those early teams completely different. Same with the Packers. I mean, the one guy that's just Rodgers, this whole team's new. But they've replenished. Like Jordy, now they got Devontae. You know, they had pass rush. Now they got different pass rushers. And it's just, it's it's a violent game. It's a physical game. It's so cold. It just pops to me. Like the the Niners Packers is everything that you know the hype on the Cowboys. They want the actual Cowboys Niners to be. Now the yeah. results speak for themselves. Forty million right. people watching. We'll yeah. see if forty million people watch this game. But forty million people should watch this game. Well, it's a meteor matchup. Well, there's more to it in recent memory for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it just both these both these franchises have been better than the Dallas Cowboys forever. Or not forever, that, but for a really long time. It does but feel these are like real the, Super Bowl contenders. The Cowboys well, have not have been a pretender for a while. Yeah. Well, the animosity <clears throat> there was legit animosity and we talked about it. We definitely talked about it in the live YouTube yesterday with the Aaron Rodgers situation with Kyle and LaFleur. It does feel just watching both those guys. Now, maybe they're just in the zone. It's not really a thing. Do you think there's still animosity between the two guys besides just trying to have the same yeah, goal? I, I think may, it's hard to know. Maybe there are things that are a little uncomfortable. I don't, I would, animosity probably is a little strong. I'm not trying to say, because this guy, once you go on your own, he became the offensive coordinator for the Titans. He's done what he's done with it. Kyle Shanahan did make LaFleur. Like brought him in the league as a nobody and kept bringing him around. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Does he look at it that way, or is he tired of people saying that? It yeah, could I mean, be as simple as that, too. Yeah, I fucking would have made it no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Would I didn't you made him? it if I would if I would have put you with, uh, you know, Pat Shermer? Are you around still? <laughs> you know, this is, we're very very connected in sports on who you get, especially coaches who you get latched onto. But it yeah. clearly don't see like BFFs. Actually, feels like Kyle and Sean in a weird way are like friendlier than those two, even though they don't really talk that much because they're in the it same. Doesn't division. Seem like they really talk much at all. No. But they, it makes they sense they why Kyle and Sean don't. Right? They they're in the same division. They're in the same division. I also think that Rogers kind of puts Lafleur in another category than Sean and Kyle. Are. Sean and Kyle kind of feel like they're in the same boat, right? Over the last years, kind of looking for their quarterback. Um. 
whereas LaFleur is on a different, he's playing a different game than they're playing, I would say. I, I, I do think also, though, whether you're in the division or whether you're not, once you start playing each other a lot, I thought Andy and John Gruden were really good friends. It was clear by about last year, like, these guys aren't really buddies anymore. And I, I think it's just natural in the positions they're in. Like, if we had a competing podcast who was, like, coming for our business, coming for our advertisers, coming for our listeners, even if we were friends with them, eventually you'd be like, fuck this, you know? And I, I do just wonder, like, if you're Andy, you're like, well, these guys are playing me multiple times every year. If you're Kyle and LaFleur and, and Sean, you're just like, I'm playing these guys all the time. Yeah. That it, you just you become kind of numb to the friendship, and it's all about business because of what's on the line. Like these guys are not playing, you know, two teams three and twelve every year. Like these these games are playing in or Sunday night football, Monday night football for the division, for the conference championship. Like last last time they played, it was to go to the Super Bowl. Remember Jim talked about it. Like he hated it. It's like I don't want to play my brother. Now yeah, that's a whole different level, but it's, I would say it's not that much different. The friendship some of these guys have, right? Cause when yeah. they're all on the same staffs, you, you've been around of these staffs, whether it's college or pro, like if you work with each other long enough and you have success, you become pretty close. They become like, you're really your only friends. You spend a lot of time together. A lot. And you, there's aren't many people that speak your language. Like are McDaniel and Kyle ever going to become enemies one day. I, I don't know, but that pre-meeting press conference with McDaniel is going to be really good. <laughs> Which you didn't get. You, I think, were the first person to like post the video of Mike McDaniel doing the Mike Jones thing. And then it just went everywhere to the point that I got tired of it yesterday. Yes. You know, it was funny when you posted it. By the time I got reposted the 27th time by Bleacher Report Afghanistan, it was like, all right, enough already. <laughs> I know. People <laughs> I still, get it. The internet's wild, wild west. I get it. It's always good. I, know, be I first, told though. somebody else that very thing the other day. They're like, this famous this bigger person stole my content and i was like yeah i'm you know you just gotta you just gotta fight the good fight every day yeah you know in 2036 we'll be talking like god that guy just got locked up for not uh for not putting the link of where he found it he's doing seven years for that that's gonna happen style and we'll talk about god i remember when i could just steal videos off youtube and repost them for my own gain (laughs) john this show is brought to you in part by indeed speaking of hiring what better transition than from Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur to Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. And right now you get a $75 job credit when you upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. You need the best for your squad. And like Kyle Shanahan, you might not be running around with three of your closest confidants on your roster already. You got to find your Sean McVay. You got to find your Kyle Shanahan. You got to find your Matt LaFleur. You got to find your Robert Sala. You got to find your Mike McDaniel. You got to find your D'Amico Ryans. You got to find your Bobby Slowick. You got to find your Wes Welker. You got to find your Chris Krasarek. Do it at indeed.com slash ham. It's an unbelievably powerful hiring partner where you can attract, you can interview, you can hire all in one place. So don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. They're with you every step of the process. You can find the talent with the skills you need through tools like Instant Match, assessments, virtual interviews. They have over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. It's like your own senior bowl, okay? It's like your own NFL combine. So right now, get $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ham. 
That's a $75 job credit. It's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need. Indeed. 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 Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right. Keys to the game? Win it. Win it. Win it. Last week, 
for reference, our uh, keys to the Cowboy game. Uh, your key to the game was you need your PTPers, baby, to show up. And I would say Debo Samuel, check that box. Bosa got a sack. I mean, they, I think they're good players. We're good. Yep. Um, my key to the game was uh, you got to get to Dak and prevent the Cowboys' comeback. And um, I would say those turned out to be keys as well. They got, I think they sacked Dak, what, five times? Yeah. And they just prevented the comeback. Here's another key to the game, John. Don't be punting the ball up a score with between 32 and 37 seconds left because it was 42 yards and 37 seconds for the Packers to beat the Niners. And it was 56 yards and 32 seconds for the Cowboys to beat the Niners, to not beat the Niners, but they were right there. Uh, so key to the game. I think I went first last week. Do you have a do you have a key you want to start with? Well, I got a stat here. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is 14 and 4 as an underdog. Uh, in his career as a 49er, and they win those games by an average of nine points. One thing that's pretty clear is when the Niners have been underdogs, they've come to play, and they've lost some games. And I think part of the reason over the last several years when they've lost some of these games it's really been a kick in the dick because they've been favored. <laughs> but Jimmy G and Kyle, as underdogs, they can get undervalued fast. Now, I, I think the key to both NFC underdogs, and we got some cash on them both, Obviously, Jimmy and Stafford are different players, but they both turn the ball over a lot. And when I think Jimmy Garoppolo, they were last week when he threw that fourth quarter pick, which was classic Jimmy Garoppolo, and it looked as bad as it can look. He fucking hits the guy in stride, up multiple scores. I don't think they can afford, because they're not going to be up. I, I, I have a hard time seeing them up two scores in the fourth quarter. If it's you might be down three, and this is where you know the Tennessee game happened. You can't turn the ball over in the second half. Like I, I can't say don't turn the ball over. I've Jimmy turns the ball over. Can you throw the pick in like the first quarter? Because <laughs> to me, if you throw the pick or you have the fumble, which he had a he had one of the worst fumbles that you'll ever see in the first matchup in the second half of this game. Like if it's fourteen to fourteen and you turn it over in twenty, like that might be the game. Like that's just that's the game. To me, if he's gonna turn it over, it has to be in the first half. As crazy as that sounds, like I, a turnover's coming. Like I, I can't go a game like hey, he's just gonna three pit, three touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles. Like that's not, that's not the case. And maybe remember back with the Kaepernick drop pick in that game. It was so cold, it might be harder to catch. Now Colin threw way harder than Jimmy. Other thing is Jimmy's picks sometimes are on lobs where it's like the guy can just catch it with ease. So even if it's negative fifty degrees, you can catch it in stride. You know, we could, the, the turnover thing. It, it, I, I just, I have a hard time seeing them in a tight game against an elite team overcoming a turnover. Now, just the big picture, and this is just football one on one. They cannot like the turnover battle last time they played them, and they lost by two points, was two to nothing. You can't have a turnover battle where you lose by multiple. And, and to me, can they get? I, I can't count on Aaron throwing a pick, but can they get a fumble? Like, can they just get gifted a turnover? Yeah, and you know they got a couple when they played Stafford because he threw them the ball. Well, I don't know if that's coming against this guy, but can like AJ Dillon can like you know someone strip him or you know can something like that happen? And, and if that happens, to me, even if the turnover battle is just even, but I I, I can't see them overcoming that. Muff punts I, too. I get very nervous with the punts. <laughs> yeah, I, well, the special teams. The to your point. <sighs> I'd love, I mean, we could probably find it. I don't think it's that hard to find how the Niners defense does after a Garoppolo turnover or just after a turnover in general. Specifically, when you talk about lobs, like don't let it be like Kyler Murray's first interception the other day. 
Don't let it be pick sixes. Because I actually think my my theory would be the Niners defense actually plays pretty well after Garoppolo turnovers. There have been some turnovers down the stretch that you thought were backbreakers, and then the defense would step up. But I mean that the number one thing is does Jimmy play a clean game? So I, I think it's a great key. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is pretty, I mean, basic. But when they run the ball, and you look back at that first game, I mean, Trey Sermon was their starting running back, and they they didn't have much success on the ground. Now, granted, they were down, uh, so they had to come back throwing the ball. If they can get to that, just, you know, 120, 130 mark. Like, they don't need 170 yards, because these playoff games should be a little lower scoring, especially the longer you go in these freezing cold environments. Can you just, because to me, if you run the ball effectively... You control the clock. You slow down the game. You keep the MVP off the field, and you got a chance. I mean, that's well, basic I, Kyle Shanahan, but like Elijah but it's Mitchell, also basic Matt Lafleur, for sure. But I, I would say the Niners are very good against the run, where the Packers yes. are not. But the Packers were pretty good running the football the first meeting. They were four yards a carry. They were effective early in that game running the ball, partly because you're so terrified of Aaron Rodgers beating you over the top, and you're going to be scared of Aaron Rodgers beating you over the top again in this game. Aaron makes it hard to get to him. Right, you're not playing Stafford, who made mistakes. You're certainly not playing the Cowboys, who missed opportunity after opportunity. You're playing a button-down operation, who plays the kind of game that the Niners themselves want to play. The Packers are third in the league in yards per drive. They're second in the league in points per drive. They are number one in time per drive. Their average drive is almost three and a half minutes long. And they lead the NFL. I know this stat stopped being popular probably around the time Chip Kelly was running offense at Oregon in time of possession. The Packers lead the league in time of possession. Even though them and the Niners both play in a, they both play in a ton of close games. Packers played in eight single-score games, not counting the I, I, I think time of possession in the NFL, maybe not in college, but I think in, the, I think in the NFL, time of possession still matters. Well, the Packers played in eight one-score games, not counting their Week 18 game against the Lions. I threw that game out. Niners played in nine one-score games. Niners were four and five. Packers were six and two. I think particularly, John, when it's one degree on your sideline, like I'd like my offense just – I don't want my quarterback over there just standing there for nine minutes. But that's what both these teams want to do. And I do feel like a lot of Packer games I watch, the fourth quarter is spent with the camera crew constantly cutting to Rodgers, standing on the sideline. It happened last time the Niners and Packers played. The Niners thought they had just driven down the field to win the game, right? But this team controls the ball. They ran it well against the Niners last time. My number one stat in this game is the Niners' third down offense. I think the Packers are going to move the ball and be able to score. We know the Niners can score. The Niners, the last two weeks, I think the number one reason they've beaten the Rams and the Cowboys is they have converted third downs. Garoppolo has converted third downs. They are 56% on third down the last two weeks. Coming into the Rams game, they were 39%. They have been above their heads on third down the last two weeks. I mean, just off the top of my head, a lot of because they were successful running the ball. You know, it's not third and ten. I mean, they not they didn't hit a couple of those. They've had a few of those. Juwan Jennings online, but I would say they were hitting a lot of like third and threes, third and twos. It's a lot more conducive to their success, right? When you're gaining yards on first and second down, fucking slamming the ball. I mean, the one drive that went ten plays, they were in a lot of third and shorts. And if that's the case, that's when the Niners' offense is successful. Because unlike the Packers, they can they, they can't afford to live in second and long, third and long. That they're not. Jimmy's not built to succeed like that. Because that leads to you throwing it thirty two times, not twenty four times, 
Like there, Jimmy's line of delineation to me is pretty big, even though if you just say 30 attempts or 25 attempts, it doesn't sound like that five extra attempts. That's a couple batted balls bouncing around. That's a Jair Alexander pick, right? There, there's to me just thinking out loud. I didn't even think like, could they, if they can keep his attempts in the low twenties, they got a shot. They got like the Cowboys. The reason they have no shot looking back, Dak's throwing it like he's Patrick Mahomes. Like, what are we doing? Where Rodgers can do, they can do whatever, right? If Rodgers has a game where he's 21 or 24 and they're running the ball, fine. If he's got to throw it 38 times, they don't care. I think the Niners clearly care because their, their formula, I'm with you on the third downs, but it does feel like their third downs, they just, when you were successful running the ball and the analytic people hate it, like, why are you running the ball on first down? Because Kyle's like, I gained six yards. <laughs> And then I'm on second and four. And then worst case scenario, even if we fuck up, I'm on third and two. Where if Packers like, oh, third and 11, we'll just throw it to 17, whatever. We'll get it. Yeah. And, and where uh, that's where I think the time of possession not so much matters for the Packers. I think they're going to get theirs. But I think it does matter in the sense that, okay, Niners, are you fourth and two at the on your on the first, third, fourth or third and fourth down of this drive when you're on your own 38? Or are you fourth and two on the seventh play of the drive when you're on the Packers 31, right? Like that makes a big difference. Where where are your third downs and where are your fourth down play? If your third and seven is at your own 22-yard line, that's a major problem because you got to get eight yards and you might have to make a dangerous throw and it's not four down territory. Well, if you're third and seven at the Packers 28, that's not as much of a problem because that could be four down territory for Kyle. So... um, Fascinating to see which coach is, you know, I think Kyle's strategy is pretty clear, but like, could LaFleur get a little tight as a play caller? You know, he's got some pressure. Like, this is, to me, this game, I mean, they're one seed, the Rodgers drama. Like, you know, last year, the elephant in the room was, remember, he kicked the field goal instead of going for it on fourth and whatever it was, fourth and goal at the eight. Like, he's, there's a tangible, like, their goal is to, like, we got to win the Lombardi this year with Aaron, right? Where Kyle, I mean, they're the lowest seed alive for a reason. Right. right. Well, which Titans like you said, well, once you're there, you're not thinking like that. You're going to try to win the game. But at home, one, one thing I think when you're at a game and basically an NFL playoff game is a game seven in baseball or basketball, and you are the home team that's better. Like when the Warriors played LeBron at home game seven or some of these baseball games when you're the home team and you find yourself down and you're, you got the MVP, you've been the hype team. You just start getting a little nervous. If it's game two or whatever in the series, not that big. Yeah, room to breathe. Football is not that way. Like, what if it's 13 7 and a half and you're like, God, we look off? You just, yeah. the, you can feel the pressure in the place. I don't give a shit how cold it is. Well, that, there is, the Niners got to play well to create that pressure, but you, you, you have a pitch that you can create just a tense environment, which hap- it just happened in Dallas. Now it's different. I mean, Green Bay, you should they're gonna have more confidence as a fan because you got Rodgers, but you you find yourself down as the game goes. You just get nervous. I, I felt nervous watching the game last week of just like this is final. If they if you win or this is over if you lose. I understand thing, why why Cowboy fans are so mad. You're like, well, fuck, we're twelve and five and the season just ends. We have yeah. a home playoff game. I yeah. get it. Yeah. But I you know, the, the the playoffs and the regular season are two entirely different things. You know, what you did in the regular season is completely irrelevant by the time we get to the play. Not everything, but some of the things that teams do in the right. Like, I don't, I don't, the, the Chiefs were on cruise control this year. I don't, don't, yeah. 
tell me anything about Mahomes. He is every bit what everybody thought he is. And now they're in the playoffs. And now let's see. I, I do. I actually think, though, they were on cruise control. And then it kind of got dicey and they kind of woke up and they started yeah. eviscerating folks. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, uh, the Raiders? Uh, 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 what? Uh, yeah, here's fucking 50 points on your fucking little asses. <laughs> <laughs> but that was not even fair. I mean, that's. But I'm just saying they, they had. But that was like, are the Chiefs off? Are they going to make the playoffs? And they, they flipped a switch. I'm just saying they don't. I don't count them beating the Raiders as proving something to me. True. I just wanted to throw that in there. I know you did. <laughs> Twice. Uh, who has the most to gain in these playoffs? I've got a. I've got a list. Tell me, you just, can. Uh, uh, just overall. Yeah, I'll give you my three, and you tell me up or down. Am I missing somebody? Somebody need to be higher or lower? Um, I got number one, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, and, and you know, in some ways, then Sean McVay with him. We can go back. I got number two. I got Mike Vrabel, most to gain. He doesn't have as much to lose, say, as Stafford, but he's got a lot to gain. And number three, I thought about – I got Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans here, number three, um, and I kind of put them together because they're, they're in different spots. So anybody that comes to mind immediately that you'd put ahead of any of those guys that I'm missing? Well, I, I'd, I'd put one guy – part of Aaron Rodgers' Aaron Rodgers's legend, and I think Russell Wilson falls in this category too – they won a Super Bowl very early in their starting careers. And then they went on to greatness, but they were just, you talked about them like a Super Bowl champ from the moment they were like 24 years old, right? 25 years, whatever. Aaron might have been a little older, but you know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. was like his third year starting. So Russell Wilson, what was it, year two? They boom. And then he's in back to back Super Bowls. And then it carries you. Mahomes is a good example, right? And again, he's lived, he just keeps playing well. Could you, Josh Allen, now he's in year four. But what if he just beats the Chiefs, then beats the Titans and wins the Super Bowl and t- leads Buffalo Bills? And it's like, this guy's, he's already got the money, but yeah. then he's become the superstar Pro Bowl guy. And it's like, he's just Super Bowl champ, Josh Allen moving forward. He just gets to start like, 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 like Rodgers and like Mahomes. Just, you just start pelting, you know, things to your resume. Just keep throwing more touchdowns, keep doing sweet shit, keep going to Pro Bowls as you're known as a Super Bowl champ. You kind of just get true. to just play a little freer. Yeah, it's true. Because I, I would say I thought about putting Rodgers on this list, but honestly, I don't think he's got Aaron the most needs, to lose. He's got the most to lose. I think he's got the most to lose. But I think Aaron, like it felt like Peyton needed that second Super Bowl for whatever reason. I mean, you can gain from it. I think Aaron is so established as what he is. His quote unquote legacy. His legacy never comes up, whereas Peyton's was constantly coming up. But but but, but I think his legacy is talked about with the like he's at a he's at a table in football heaven that a short list of human beings are allowed to sit down on, you know, it's just like, they might even be like Drew Brees, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, his, his, his list is like seven, eight guys. And yeah. those guys have, many of them have more than one Super Bowl. And he, to me is, I think he's, I was thinking about this watching that, that week three game back. He made a couple throws in our lifetime. I mean, we're the same age. Like there is a short list of you know Brady, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, which is like this is like the best player I've ever seen. Like I just these guys, I would put Aaron kind of in that crew, right? But when I talk about that crew, like Tiger, Brady, like it just the, the list of accomplishments of championships, LeBron, even like Steph now, like Aaron is just kind of like the MVPs, the awards, the the stats, like he's blowing them all out of the water, but now. And part of it, though, guy, he's the one seat. So it's not like, yeah. well, his teams are kind of shitty. He's carrying them. No, he's fucking kicking everyone's ass. 
he did it last year too and he lost like i thought last year was his year well this year i would say his team's even feels a little better and he's even in more control even though stats aren't quite as good but it just feels like their team is just they're at home in lambo it's all legit i'm just saying i think he's already sitting at the table the same table he'll be sitting at if he wins the second ring i agree but he can just talk more shit it's like well i'm better no way for sure uh stafford john Listen to this stat. Jeff Schwartz texted me this stat. Matthew Stafford is under 30% against the spread against teams that are 500 or better uh, December or later. He is 4-33 and 33 straight up as a dog December or later in his career. A lot of bad teams. I mean, that's... It's pretty bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me update the stat. November or later. It includes November and December. Under 30% against the spread against teams 500 or better and 4 and 33 straight up as a dog. Well, um, hell, I've been thinking about it off the top of my head. It's like he was covering with the Rams down the stretch. We bet on him once and I saw him against the Niners and the Rams, so it's like, yeah. Vrabel. He can get to his second AFC Championship game in 3 years. Tennessee, the reason I really like Tennessee this week, and I know you you like Tennessee this week too, right? I don't want to speak for you. I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, when does a when do you get to get a one seed kind of with a chip on its shoulder? They can really Saban play the card. Yeah, Saban. <laughs> Bryce Young. I mean, they're a one seed, and people are talking about them like they don't belong there. They're getting Derrick Henry back, a rookie quarterback. I mean, Vra- well, I guess rookie playoff quarterback. Joe Burrow's not a rookie. I love Joe Burrow. Vrabel, I think, gets talked about like he's a fun coach to give credit to. But can he put himself in position to – you're not going to be on the Mike Tomlin pedestal until you win a championship. You know, I don't know if he's going to do that. I think he needs a better quarterback to do that. But – if Vrabel just going to be a head coach for the next 15 years, dominating in one place? I mean, I, I think he might be. And at this rate, two AFC championship games in three years, right? Um, Do you think him and Sean really McDermott good. get talked about like the offensive coaches for guys being under 50 no. as head coaches? And, and, I, and I think he gets a little more credit than McDermott does because until like two days ago, I think people think McDermott's older than he is. How old do you think he was? Uh, I thought it was like 55. What is he? What do we say he is? 45? 46? 46, yeah. Yeah. I think Variable's 46, too. You know? Obviously, he played, you know? So, yeah. Sean just started coaching it young. Yeah, I just think that it's harder to get the pub. But, you know, he's going to... One thing about McDermott, Vrabel's proven this, right? He lost coordinators, and he kept rolling. He lost Arthur Smith to a head coach, and their team was better the following year. That, that, to me, I give him a lot of credit. Like, Sean McDermott, what's going to be the big this offseason? Like, who's he going to do to replace uh, Brian Dayball? Is their offense going to be as good? When Brian, I'm sure, feels like Brian Dayball's a lock to get a job. Miami, Chicago, whatever, Giants. And then, but it, McDermott might just be at the point where his quarterback, regardless who's coaching him, is going to be sweet. And that, if he's in that spot, you would almost bet on the Bills long-term. Like, it's... What Vrabel's doing is kind of crazy because his quarterback's not that good. Yeah. Like if you had to bet on one of worst the two quarterback franchises in the, in the playoffs. Yes, by far. I mean, to me, I would rather have by Jimmy far than worse than Jimmy. I mean, yes. you remember they played Thursday night football. Jimmy made critical mistakes. By far, might be I guess more trustworthy in these spots. I feel like I could be wrong. I don't know. I I just don't like Ryan Daniel that much. As a I, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but if you had to bet 
$1,000 on a stock and the Bills or the Titans for the next five years, you'd have to take the Bills just based on the quarterback over the right. Titans, right? Right. But I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't bet against Vrabel. He doesn't These guys get the, Mike, he doesn't the, get the Rex Ryan credit that Rex got when Rex went to two AFC championships. I, I do think that Rex was viewed more as like this crazy schemer, blitz a lot. Of, the Titans don't blitz a lot. It's true. You know, he, he was... He was truly the defensive coordinator as well. Rex also, I would say, a little bit more of a self-promoter than Mike. Like Mike's just one thing about Mike for being this famous player that was part of does feel kind of like like McDermott's very under the radar, right? He just doesn't really say much. He's just kind of low key. Mike for being a famous former player is pretty low key. Belichick. He's not a big pompous chest. Yeah, he's just it's it's not ego driven. Did you see the did you see what's his name? Uh, I can't even pronounce the guy's last name. The pass rusher that the 49ers got from the Texans. He said, what was the difference between the Texans and your time with the Niners? He's like, well, it's not an ego-driven organization. Very, It's not a circus. And I, I, I do think what's crazy is like Andy Reid, Mike Vrabel, Sean McDermott. These guys have egos, but they can place it at the door when it comes to their team because they know the team is more important than themselves and they never put themselves as big as the team. And you and I bullshit a little bit before we jumped on about Gruden. Like Gruden's ego was bigger than the Raiders. It just like John Gruden's personality and his to just himself was bigger than the Raiders. Like Mike Vrabel does not feel bigger than the Titans, though before Mike Vrabel, they were kind of a joke, right? John McDermott definitely doesn't feel bigger than the Bills and the Bills sucked before he showed up. And he just always feels kind of low key. Yeah. And that to me is a huge skill. You know, like Kyle can feel big sometimes, but I think that's just the hype as a coordinator. But he doesn't, he's he doesn't. he's not a rah-rah guy or jumping in the end zone like Mick, He's a credit McVay. to other people guy. Yeah. And I, I that's why I don't have a problem with McVeigh, because I don't think he's a huge like he does a good job of ba- like I, when he danced in the end zone, which is stupid. I, I actually felt like he's being like that's just him. He's just an excitable guy. Mistake, but I, I yeah. didn't hold that necessarily against him. I think it's something he's got to be careful about as he ages. I think McVeigh fundamentally believes in getting good people around you, which I, I, that's not exactly what we're talking about. But but I think he, um, I think he values what other people can do for him and for his team. In other words, he doesn't view it as it's me doing all of this that's that's where i'm getting yeah. at um and yeah i would say that's probably a pretty like even harbaugh who's a big deal to me harbaugh usually promotes his him his, harbaugh gets himself promoted within the context of the brand he's wearing your hat he's wearing your logo he's talking about his own players people right? see like jim like, out you, to dinner when like in april when he was the niners head coach wearing the niners gear right <laughs> want to be recognized <laughs> don't need that coach <laughs> But he that's his uh, only word. A lot to gain. I put Shanahan and D'Amico here. Look, I the Niners, I don't think are gonna go out and like hold Aaron Rodgers to seven points and pick him off three times. And it's gonna be like this Dick LeBeau, D'Amico Ryan's performance. But we saw it happen with Robert Sala very quickly. You win a playoff game against Aaron Rodgers. I think it'll be first and foremost Kyle, but something will have to happen that puts the spotlight on D'Amico, and he's similar, right? In that like Vrabel, former player, low key guy, not there pounding his chest, and um, I think no one's big, no one's been. Last I checked, no teams hired coaches yet. There's still a lot of openings, right? It's crazy. I think that bodes well for some of these guys this weekend, and I would put him in that mix, right? Yeah. What if he does have a performance? It's crazy. You don't really get to be 
I guess the the guys that get known for being coordinators are older guys. The second we sniff, like, oh, might have something here. Head coach. Yeah. You know? I'd say Brian Dable's waited a little bit. Now they've had success now for a couple of years. Yeah, but you just so don't you get, get a lot. Who year. are the Dick LeBeaus and... Oh, no. Who are they? I mean, I guess Wade kind of... Fan- Fangio that. was that for a while. Fangio. Old, old crouchy. But older guy. Yeah. yeah, older guy. Brandon Staley didn't get a chance to become that. The DC with the Eagles? I mean, who knows? Mean, it's he's crazy. a head coach. Even Leftwich. Like, he hasn't been a coordinator that long. It's like, he's going to be a head coach. <laughs> Kellen Moore. Yeah, people like, oh, Kellen Moore! Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, like Lovey Smith or Sean Payton, you're like, yeah, I was an OC for seven years, you know, at three different spots. This is not the way the world works anymore. Everyone no. since wants a podcast, thinks they want to be as big as Joe Rogan. <laughs> Takes time. You got to just fucking do show after show after show. Uh, so anyway, those those were my three, and I and I like your additions. And I, you know, I'm sure like we could go through. Burrow has a lot, right? Burrow starts winning play because that's the thing. Even though the Titans are getting undervalued, if Burrow wins the game, it'll be like, yeah, I mean, you know, you beat Tannehill. Then, then he'll have the moment. He's going in the AFC Championship game. Against I do. Th- I Josh do think Allen you get Cash credit Holmes. though for a road playoff game at Tennessee. You do. You do. He'd have two playoff victories, but it's not the same as the credit the team who wins on the other side of the bracket's going to get. Oh my God, that team! To me, if the Bills win, that'd be. I think Andy would be would be headed towards some like. Coaching more, you know, royalty. He's already a Hall of Famer, but like be his ninth conference championship game. He'll be favored in the AFC championship game. And depending on what happens in the NFC, he'd be like, you know, I kind of like the Chiefs matchup with whoever they're playing. <laughs> then all of a sudden, like, does he win a second Super Bowl in three years? And him and Mahomes, like, then we start talking about him as a, his resume is so long. And then you start putting Super Bowls on it. You're like, Jesus Christ, this guy's, this guy going to win four? We didn't mention he, Brady. Brady could go to his 11th Super Bowl. Yeah, just, I'm Is he going to lose to Matthew Stafford at home? I've had enough. Like, go um, away, Tom. <laughs> I've seen 17 uh, million documentaries with you. We've had enough. Who has the most to lose? I, I think it's Green Bay. I think it's yeah, it's LaFleur and Rodgers. I, I think they're in a planet. By I don't think anyone has nearly anything to lose. I don't think most teams have that much to lose. You could say the Bucks just because, like, Time is now. I mean, he's 44. Right. Is there a chance that he retires? I mean, I, I, is it a lock that he comes back? I think it is. You just never know. No, you when don't. When you start getting at that age. I think watch, watch Rodgers retire and Brady comes back. On the Packers. The real question is, will Brady ever get to a point where he wants to keep playing, but the Bucks are ready to move on? Or is he a buck for life? I think he's in pretty good graces with the Bucks right now. That's, that feels good. Like, it doesn't feel like anyone pinned it. Like, everyone, in the, like, on the outside, I know I did. It's like, the only reason Antonio Brown's there because of Tom. The Bucks are like, yeah, it's cool. You know, he wanted him. We listened. It's like, fuck it. That's our, get rid of him. We'll move on. Tom, you're cool. How about, I mean, Stafford a lot to lose. McVay a yeah. lot to lose. Like, they, they're an underdog on the road against Brady. But I don't think that matters. They just, they went all in on Matthew Stafford. But they got next year, too. Like, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Did trade their second and third round pick as well for Vaughn Miller. They don't have a first, a second, or a third. I think they have one pick in this upcoming draft. So their team's kind of their team. People forget Them that. and the Niners. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Vaughn Miller's on the team. Oh, yeah, they gave up their second and the third round pick. And their first round picks with the Lions. The Niners' first round pick trading it, same with the Rams, have aged better. Because you're like, oh, whatever, it's pick 26. Right. 
at one point in time in that Rams game, I'm thinking like, are the Niners going to give up pick like 17? That's what the Dolphins are going to get. That was right. a huge swing. If you're if you're the Chris Greer, you're like, we're going to get a decent pick. Now it's like, you, you've added like eight spots. You can convince yourself it's not that good of a draft anyway. Yeah, that's what you start telling yourself. We'll be back here on the tube uh, Saturday night. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.